So here's how I want to start. Who here has heard the phrase, drinking the Kool-Aid? Who's heard the phrase, right? Okay, if you are under 45, raise your hand if you've heard that phrase. Okay, all right, so there we go. So even the, even the younger 45s, uh, I just saw somebody way over 45 that still raised their hand, but I know, we believe you, we believe you, it's all good, yeah. Um, so drinking the Kool-Aid, okay, so I was about nine years old uh, when I first remember that phrase came up, but I remember hearing about and reading in the newspaper about, I was a paper boy, so I got to read all these stories that I'm like, really, should I have been reading that at nine? But all the newspaper stories, uh, and this one was about the most bizarre group that existed in American religious subculture, which is saying something. Um, but it was called the People's Temple. Anybody remember the People's Temple? Now, this was a cult, which I'd never heard that word before either, cult, uh, until then. And it was a cult. Um, anybody remember the guy who led it? Jim Jones. Yes, Jim Jones. He convinced hundreds, like over 900 people, to move from the USA to this compound in Guyana, and they built this remote kind of area where they had their houses and everything going, and, and that was where the cult lived. And uh, Jones, all through his, I don't want to call it ministry because it was something else, but all through his time as their leader, he would claim that God spoke to him and gave him directions for like really bizarre or, or just insane actions that he would take, and he'd say, well, God spoke and told me this. And the thing was, his people believed him. They trusted him. They actually did think that God was speaking through him to them. And um, sadly, what Jones is most infamous for was a horrifying tragedy that happened, uh, again, almost 45 years ago. Um, under supposedly divine guidance, Jim Jones led his people to drink cyanide-laced Kool-Aid, which might be news to some of you that that's where that whole drinking the Kool-Aid phrase came from, right? But that's where it was. Um, and, and, and tragically, 909 people died that day. Over 300 of them were, 300 of them were children. It's a murder-suicide that we now refer to as the Jonestown Massacre. And in fact, until the terror attacks of 9-11, that had been the largest loss of American citizens in a single incident. And it was all done under the banner of, God spoke and told me this. Um, this is not unusual, because it was about 20 years ago, uh, Heidi reminded me that another cult ended violently with the fiery deaths of 76 members of the Branch Davidians dying in Waco, Texas. Anybody remember their leader's name? Yes, David Koresh. Yeah, and he also led his followers constantly claiming to hear God speak and order him to do thus and such. Now, those are just a couple of really extreme examples of the harm that can come when someone claims that they hear from God. Now, many of us, we could maybe give lesser examples of people claiming to hear God speak or claiming, well, God told me, you know, this. And we might be giving examples where they were just saying that to excuse, you know, a decision they wanted to make or to push an action ahead that, that maybe definitely wasn't of God, but they wanted to put the God label on it and push it that way. It's not uncommon for people to claim to hear God speak to them. Um, Troy and I were actually talking in the bathroom before church, like you do, uh, and, <laughs> and we were just remembering some of these people who kind of used the same God language in a you know, much less severe way. It was just actually, that's kind of amusing now. Um, but at another church we were at, they wanted to be on the worship team. And I think of one person in particular, she was convinced, right? She was convinced. She said, God told me 
spoke to me, told me that I need to sing on the worship team and told this to me. And I said, oh, well, um, you know, just uh, set up an audition with the uh, worship pastor. And she said, no, 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 that's, that's not necessary. God told me that he wanted me to sing on the worship team. And I said, huh, well, he didn't tell me, so, you know, go get a hold of Troy. So, uh, and it turns out when she did come and audition, um, let's say it this way, when she sang, it was a joyful noise, okay? <laughs> um, and a joyful noise is fine, because most of us kind of just sing with a joyful noise, and that's what we're supposed to do, but you don't put a joyful noise on the microphone, right? Oh, wow. Another audition here? Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Yeah. God said he wants more cowbell. God said he wants more cowbell? What do you guys think? Yeah? We got a mixed vote? Thank you, Troy. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Well, there's all kinds of funny things and weird things and tragic things that come when people um, claim to hear God speak. And it's understandable that, you know, many of us, especially when we see everything from the crazy and wacky to the criminally insane, many of us um, hear this idea that God speaks to us and it makes us nervous and rightfully so. But I, I just ask, is, is is that the only choice that we have to dismiss the idea of hearing from God because of the ways that it's been abused by other people? And can followers of Jesus today actually hear God speak to them? And if they can, if we can, what are some of the reliable biblical ways that God does speak to us today? And those are just some of the questions that we've been asking and discussing over the past few weeks in our mini-series on hearing from God, uh, which we're wrapping up today. Um, and, and what we've looked at for the past few weeks is that while we can hear from God in many, many different ways, three of the primary categories that we've been working with are, number one, in week one we looked at, we hear from God through the number one word of God, through the word of God, which is scripture. Uh, then in week two, we looked at how God speaks to us through the spirit of God, and we learned that according to scripture, because Jesus and the spirit live within us, that's why that still small voice comes from within us, it's inside of us, that voice that we hear. Uh, and then the third week, last week, we looked at how God speaks to us through the people of God, which are the Christians, the folks around us. And like I've said every week, I think it's super important to clarify when we talk about hearing from God that the word of God, scripture, is the foundation of hearing from God. And what I mean by that is if you think you're hearing from God in some other way, but it contradicts scripture, then it's not God speaking. It's just not, right? Which I think just that alone would help many, you know, confused cult members or would-be singers or cowbell players, you know, or, <laughs> or the rest of us. It's just helpful to remember that any way that we think we might be hearing from God, if it doesn't align with scripture, then it's not God. Now, if you missed one of the previous three messages, I encourage you that if you're interested in exploring this, to just listen back to those, because um, there's so much to say. There's so much to say that we didn't even get to in four weeks, and we could really camp out on this for so, so long. But next week, uh, we're going to get back into our series on the book of Luke. So this is the wrap-up this week. And the reason we're doing this kind of wrap-up week is the, the comments, the questions, the great input I've heard from, from some of you in the past few weeks has been so good. And so this week, I just wanted to give us some practical 
things that I hope will be helpful when it comes to us learning to trust and to hear God speak to us. So here we go, the first one of the four here. Um, First thing, when it comes to hearing God speak to you, we need to be open and ask, right? Simply just ask God to speak because God does want to speak to us. Um, Look at what Jesus says in Revelation chapter three, verse 20. Let's read this out loud together. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. Now, we use this verse oftentimes in you know, evangelism, which is fine, but we always come back to here at Hope when we teach like context matters. So where this verse was written really is who it's directly to. So we can use it in evangelism, but in Revelation chapter three, this was written to the church. This was written to Christians Uh, not necessarily to unbelievers. So look at it through those eyes because Jesus is speaking and he makes an offer um, for who? If who? Anyone. Anyone. Which would include you. (laughs) You, yeah, you. All of you, anyone. And what does Jesus say will happen if anyone what? Here's my voice and... Okay, then I will come in, right? And it says, I'll come in and eat with them and they with me. And that whole idea of eating um, is sharing a meal, which is uh, an act of communion, really. It's an offer. uh, Sharing a meal, especially back in those days, was a signal of friendship. You would have a meal with someone who is your friend. And so Jesus is basically saying here, he wants to pull up a chair, linger at our table, and talk with us, to be with us, to be close to us, not way out there. He wants intimacy with us, and intimacy requires communication. And so according to Scripture, not just here, but in so many places, Jesus speaks. And here, it's this invitation where where you can even picture Jesus standing at the door of our heart. He's standing at the door of your heart. He knocks. He speaks, and I believe he's speaking to us about hearing his voice and opening the door. And so then our response in reading a scripture passage like this would be, okay, will we open the door so that he can be with us, to do life with us? Which includes speaking to us. Now, I I talked a couple weeks ago about John chapter 10, and it's a long passage, but this is the passage where Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. He calls his followers his sheep. Um, But he tells us that as his sheep, we can know and we can hear God's voice. And again, this is one of many places in scripture where God clearly lets us know that he still wants to speak to us. Jesus says, uh, verse three, he says, uh, we got a screen, we got a slide, we got a slide, anybody on slides in the back? Verse three, he says, the sheep listen to his voice. He leads them. Verse four, the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse 16 says, they will listen for my voice. Verse 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It seems pretty clear 
If you only had this passage, which we have much more, but if you just had this passage, it seems really clear that God does want to speak to us personally, to lead us, to guide us, to have relationship with us. Now, I love hearing stories of people in our church, especially stories of those of you, you just love God, like you love scripture, you love reading scripture, and, and, and when they see a passage like this one in John 10, it like stops them in their tracks. And Lynn Beaver, will you come? Lynn has a great story about that, and she's gonna take a few minutes and tell us about that. So we all welcome Lynn Beaver. I started this journey um, in the 90s, and I was a stay-at-home mom, and my husband went off to work, and uh, the kids were off in elementary school, and I began to open every book, read every book, pamphlet, flyer, um, conference on prayer. I wanted to understand the mystery of prayer, and I wanted to understand, um, what was the other thing? I, I want the discipline of prayer. And so as I read those scriptures, they were the same ones over and over again. So this particular day, I was reading John 10. um, And there were five words that seemed to jump out out at the page at me twice. Now, I don't know if that happened, but it felt like it. And they were, my sheep hear my voice. And I stopped and I paused and I said, I don't hear your voice. I've never heard your voice. So what does that mean? Maybe I'm not one of your sheep. But I knew that wasn't true. And so let me let me just look where I am. <laughs> I knew that wasn't true. So I asked another question, God, what's blocking me from hearing your voice? And to be honest with you, I didn't know I could. I was in a stream of Christianity that kind of taught that God didn't speak today. So I didn't know I could, but it was from that point on that I said, you know, God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you're speaking back to your people then, I think you're still speaking today. So I want to hear your voice. And so I began asking and knocking and asking and knocking and begging and pleading and even one time in my quiet time I closed my arms and I said I'm not leaving here till you speak to me (laughs) well that didn't go over so well (laughs) it was a couple months later when I wasn't thinking about this topic at, at all and I was at home and my husband was at work and the kids were gone and it was quiet and I purposely quieted my house so I could hear if he wanted to speak and I was doing the incredible task of loading the dishwasher, and I was right here, and I heard, go outside, your trash is blowing over. (laughs) I wasn't particularly particularly thinking about my trash, and I said, okay, Um, and it also told me to do something, so I better do this. So I wanted to test that voice. So I walked outside and there was a breeze blowing and a black trash bag of ours had just blown over and these uh, peanuts, styrofoam peanuts were blowing all over the yard. And I went, oh, that was you, that was you. And if you guys could have seen me inside my brain, you would have seen that I was doing pirouettes (laughs) and cartwheels and I was singing the hallelujah chorus. Oh my gosh, God spoke to me. Wow. Oh. 
who's going to believe that God spoke to me and that he said, go outside, your trash is blowing up. <laughs> so I kept that kind of to myself, and I tested it a couple times. People kind of look at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so my life changed that day. I learned that God does speak to his sheep, that he does speak to his ordinary sheep, and sometimes he wants to say something so specific just to you. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lynn. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's so, so good. I mean, just even the, the story of how um, Lynn was just open and asked and then was patient and she waited. Um, because again, first thing, friends, when, when it comes to hearing God speak to you, we need to be open and ask Ask God to speak and then listen like she did patiently. And by the way, there's no like formula or guarantees to this because uh, maybe you aren't hearing God for quite some time. Even folks that regularly kind of feel like they hear from God and know they hear from God, even those folks have seasons sometimes where it doesn't seem like God is speaking. So if you're not hearing God speak, do not get wound up in shame or fear or doubt or think I'm not one of his sheep. Like there's no formula to this. So like Lynn did, just be patient, keep asking and being open and waiting. And if Lynn had time, she could tell us so many more ways that her life with God uh, and her ability to hear from God just kept opening and, and being cultivated from that point on. It's a wonderful beginning. Be open and ask. All right, next one. Um, when it comes to hearing God speak to you, second thing, ask simple relational questions. And what I mean by that is don't start by asking, okay, God, I'm going to learn to hear from you. I'm going to start with the really big stuff, you know? Because um, sometimes we are. We're, we're asking, we're open, we're listening, we're being patient. But maybe, maybe we're not hearing God speak about something because the thing that we're asking God about right now isn't what he's speaking about right now. So... Here's just something that I've, I've heard and discovered by practicing the advice I was given. Okay, if that's happening and you're not hearing anything, especially on guidance, just change the question. Change the question. Like, we're so tempted to just ask God for direction, and we're just asking God for direction all the time, um, especially when stuff is looming, like really big stuff, like, God, what do I do about this job or this house that we want to buy or a vehicle purchase or the struggle that my parents or family are having? What do I do, God, about the big stuff, Right? And on stuff like that, that we're asking for guidance and wisdom, there's so much pressure on the big stuff. And it's really hard to learn to hear God with so much at stake. So don't start with the big stuff, you know, right away, you know, like a job or who to marry, all that. Don't start with that. Um, Because it is, by the way, let me pause. It is really good to seek God's guidance, right? But think about this. When answers or when guidance are the main things that we come to God looking for, trying to hear from him. Let me say it this way. How would you feel if your kids just came to you only asking for stuff, right? Even though you love them, if that was the conversation all the time, uh, right? I I think that's a correlation, right? They're just looking for stuff. And so I I believe, I kind of wonder even if one of the biggest reasons that sometimes we're not really hearing God speak is because the lover of our soul doesn't want us to spend all of our time together talking about our chore list. It's just about the stuff we want to do or direction. 
again, we do need guidance. We do need answers. We do want answers. But we have to remember, when it comes to hearing God speak, this is primarily about cultivating an intimate relationship with God, being a friend of God. It's about walking with God and being close to the heart of God. And when that is my goal, when that is the goal that I come with, relationship, then the conversation sounds very different, doesn't it? So if you're asking for guidance or an answer and you're not hearing anything, just try changing the question. See, the the conversation, if I'm trying to point myself toward cultivating relationship with God, maybe it sounds more like, okay, um, relational questions, like, Jesus, do you love me? And then just wait and see how he speaks. They might use scripture or some other way to speak to you about his love for you. And you'll know, oh, okay, that's God's voice speaking. And by the way, uh, because this sometimes happens, if, if you hear something other when you ask Jesus, do you love me? If, if you hear something other than yes, I do, um, that's, that's not the voice of God. That might be your own voices or other voices or things that are happening. So you just kick that voice out and you try again, right? You tell it, go away, and you just want to hear Jesus speak. Um, ask questions like, you know, Father, what do you think of me? And the Father will tell you what he thinks of you. And again, some of us, um, our default, and this would be our own voice speaking, if, if you're not hearing, like, God's love and affirmation for you, um, then that might not be the voice of God. It might be your own voice that you're hearing, um, you know, voices of disappointment, that you're not doing enough. Like, that's not God. That's not God. Um, in fact, some of us, um, what we're hearing is the voice of, we're asking the Father to speak to us, and we're hearing, really, we're putting the face of our earthly father onto God, hearing that voice instead, and, and we need to ask God to wipe the face, some of us, of our earthly father off of the face of God so that we can hear God's delight and love for us when we ask God, what do you think of me? You know, sometimes, if what you're hearing is accusation, um, accusation, um, there is a scripture about that in Revelation 12. Um, that accusation voice that might come at you uh, is just trying to confuse you. That's not the voice of God. That would be the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12 um, or the sisters and brothers. Um, and so we clear those voices away and we learn to center in on God. And again, we ask the Father, what do you think of me? And his answers for you will be in alignment with his love for you because he adores you. Like he sent Jesus to die for you. How much more proof do we need of the love of God for us? You are deeply loved. That's the voice that God wants to speak you with, to you with. And, and that doesn't mean he'll never correct you. God will correct, right? But it will be the kind of correction that comes from the heart of a loving father. So let me wrap this one up just by saying, especially, especially if you're not hearing God speak, like you're looking for answers or guidance, okay, if that's what you're looking for, but you're not hearing God, change the conversation from talking about, you know, business to talking about the relationship. Ask simple relational questions that'll help us learn to discern if it is God speaking, we'll start to recognize God's voice, we'll be able to trust what it is that he speaks to our heart when we do need guidance, because we'll go, oh, I know that voice. My sheep know my voice. Oh, we know his voice. Yeah. All right, next one. This one's a really hard one for me. Um, I don't know if this is easy for any of you, but this one here, the third one, 
When it comes to hearing God speak to you, we have to be open to hearing a no. Like we, we have to be open to hearing whatever God says, even if it's not what we want to hear. Like we come with a question, oh, that might not be what you wanna hear, but we have to be open to hearing whatever God says and not just be dialed into one thing. Uh, one story I have uh, about this in my uh, journey was um, when I moved from Minnesota here to Arizona back in 2000, um, when I came, I just kind of thought, I assumed that, you know, at some point after being here, you know, I don't know, three to five years that our family would move back to Minnesota so we could live near our extended family and all of our lifelong friends that we'd just be here for a season and go back. And sure enough, about four years into my time here in Arizona, I got a phone call one day from a pastor who, who I had worked for at one church and he was doing something else and he had been a mentor to me and he asked me just out of the blue, like if I was ready to move back to Minnesota. Uh, his denomination that he had started working for, they were funding church plants. He wanted me to come back home. They had all the funding that I would need. Plus, plus they had a building in the area of the town that I wanted to start a church in and so that was available, money, a building, and he was gonna be my church planting mentor. I mean, this sounded perfect, like a no-brainer. Like if all we operate with is just wisdom, um, that would be one you'd go, hey, it checked all the boxes, great, here we go, off we go. But I have learned, usually the hard way, uh, that I don't just rush into that kind of stuff. We still need to stop and ask God. And so I prayed and stopped, and I listened, and actually, unusually, um, kind of miraculously, it seemed like God spoke like really quickly and really clearly said to me, no. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, what? You gotta be kidding, right? And I'm a negotiator, you know, you can ask my parents, I've always been kind of a negotiator, so I tried negotiating with God, anybody ever do that before? Yeah, that doesn't work out so great. Um, uh, just since God's saying no, didn't give me any clue why, which oftentimes God does not tell us why, but I was so bummed. Like, I was like, well, here's a mentor that I really liked. It's funding a building to get started in and God's clearly saying no. And you know, by the way, sometimes we never find out why God said no. God doesn't often answer the why question. <laughs> um, but this time, um, I do think he answered that why question a year later. A year later, I found out why uh, God said no when my friend, this pastor who would have been my boss and mentor, he got busted for soliciting a prostitute. This made front page of the news in, in Minneapolis. It was the lead story on all the local nude, news, newscasts, no, newscasts. That'd be really weird. Um, newscasts, all the local stations, there it was, um, his face coming out in cuffs, being busted on... Man, it was devastating for him, for his family, for the church he was pastoring, for all the pastors he was mentoring. And whew, my heart went out to him, but I realized right then, if I had pushed ahead and gone back to Minnesota, taken him as my mentor and boss, when this happened, I would have been devastated and crushed. See, God's no to me in that instance really protected me, protected my family, and I'm so glad that I listened because even though it was not what I wanted to hear, it was for my good. 
And see, friends, when we ask God for guidance, if there's an outcome in our mind that it has to happen, this is the way it's got to be, it's going to make it nearly impossible for us to hear God speak and direct us and shepherd our hearts. So, so when we are willing to hear a no, we're going to have to, you know, let go of the outcomes. We're going to have to trust God, that he really, truly has our best in mind, that God wants the best for us, even if it's not what we think is the best thing for us. Because, again, when it comes to hearing God speak to you, we have to be open to hearing him say no. And because of time, I had to skip over a couple other stories and some great scripture stuff on this, but we're going to go to number four, which is the last thing for this morning. Number four, when it comes to hearing God speak to you, and I think this is so key, We have to learn to get quiet and listen, which is not easy for me to get quiet, learning to get quiet, to listen. And part of it is like, even when we pray, like prayer can't be this one-way street where I just go on and on and on, but I never stop to listen to what God is saying to me. And if I wanna hear what God might be saying, I'm gonna have to stop talking and rambling. (laughs) But, but, But even if we start to like, okay, okay, fine, I'm gonna try to get quiet and listen. Let me just say it's not easy, especially at first. For me, it's just never never easy. Um, For me, one of the practices that I do, um, have done for the last number of years, I I did this past week, where where I actually spend a few days, um, I went out uh, in the wilderness, alone into a camper, because I'm (laughs) not doing a tent when it's 35 degrees, uh, but, Um, So I went out in the wilderness by myself, and I call these, you know, solitude retreats or listening retreats, and my my goal, and sometimes it works better than others, my goal is to just remove some of the distractions and the competing voices so I can listen for God to speak. And sometimes, you know, usually I kind of go with like, hey, God, I'd love to hear from you on this, this, and this. And sometimes he'll talk to me about that, but wouldn't you know, most of the time he wants to talk to me about what? relationship, right? That's where it goes. It goes back to the relationship. And, and um, when it was quiet this time around, it actually went pretty well. It was pretty good. I felt like I had some space to listen. Um, but it is constantly uh, hard for us to listen because oftentimes there's just so much noise out there. There's just so much noise happening all the time, it's so hard to hear God speak. It's so much easier to get, you know, distracted. So we're going to do something fun here. Um, let's see. I'm going to have, I need two volunteers to help me. We're going to do an interactive here. Who are my, who are my victims? Who am I going to volunteer? Oh, Laura, you look so happy. Come on up. You're going to be one. You're going to be, come on, everybody welcome Laura. <laughs> Laura's coming on up. And let's see, oh, Rich, you, come on, I can see that smile on your face, you're in. All right, here we go. So I got name tags. Um, all right, for this exercise here, Rich, you're gonna be the one that's listening, you're gonna try to hear from God, so there's your name, Rich, um, in case you forget. Lara, for this exercise, you're going to be, oh no, I ripped it, uh, Holy Spirit. So there's your name tag, says Holy Spirit, um, don't worry, you're not going to get struck by lightning. This is just a demonstration, okay? So y'all wondered what the Holy Spirit looks like, right? Yeah. <laughs> keep wondering. Keep wondering. All right. So you, you stand over here on this edge. You can come on right about here. 
Now, here's what we're going to do, because everybody actually has a role in the room for this as well. Holy Spirit, um, I'm going to give you a script. Don't read it out loud yet. You can read it in a moment. When we get going, you'll know when to do it. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, and that's going to be a message for, for Rich, okay? Um, and then, Rich, uh, I want you to stand where you are right there. And here is your script. Don't read it out loud yet. Just kind of familiarize yourself with those lines. And, okay, now, while they're looking at this, everybody here... For us to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit is going to require a level of stillness and quiet. But like I said, there's so many voices that come at us all the time that can keep us from clearly hearing what the Spirit of God might be saying to us. So um, I'm going to have Lara here, Holy Spirit, read a message to Rich. But the first time through, we're all gonna be involved in this right here. I want you guys out here in the room to represent all of the voices that come at us from the outside. This is your voice from the inside, but they're gonna do the voices from the outside, you know, these constant voices that demand our attention. Um, and we're gonna divide you into three groups, all right? Um, this group over here, so these tables and rows over here, your group is going to be anxiety, okay? Anxiety. Now, we're going to practice this, and you've got to participate for this to work, okay? I want you all to say, I'm so worried, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. Can you do that? Ready? One, two, three. Man, that is not convincing. Here, we're going to add some hand motions to it. You're, I'm so worried. I want you to keep saying it over and over. I'm so worried, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. Keep going, keep going. Come on, keep yeah, weak, but okay, we'll come back to you. All right, middle group, let's see if you guys can do better. You guys are gonna be the voice of anger coming from outside, right? You're gonna clench your fists. You're gonna go, no, 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 no. Oh, man, this is our anger problem right here. Nicely done. Over here, this group, you're gonna be shame. And so I want you to point your finger and shake it and say, worthless, worthless, worthless. Yeah, there we go. Ooh, okay, they got issues over here too. This is good, all right. Now, you're going to be talking, Rich, you're going to be talking too, but you're going to be saying these lines out loud because these are the voices that come at us from the outside all the time, and these are the voices that come kind of from within us. And so I want you to say, I'm so worried, I'm so angry, I'm so afraid. I'm so worried, I'm so angry, I'm so afraid. Good, good. And you're going to say it over and over and over. Now, when I give a signal in a moment... Everybody here, everybody here is going to be talking, and, and Rich, you're going to talk and say your lines out loud, and while that's happening, Holy Spirit, um, I want you to just read your message while they keep all going. I want you to read your message one time, still small voice, and we'll just see with all these voices going on how clear or how easy it is to hear the message from the Holy Spirit with all the outside noise. Now, when I give you the signal, Rich, you're going to hold your hand up like this. And everybody, when he does that, um, I want everybody to be absolutely still, okay? Not a movement, not a sound, not a shuffle, not a cough, not a cell phone, nothing. Just be quiet when he does the stop, okay? Y'all ready? Is this clear enough? You guys seem smart. We don't have to go through this twice. Some chuckles of maybe. Okay, well, we're going to try it anyone else, all right? On your mark. Get set to go. And you, Rich, as well. Go. Oh, no, they don't stop. Okay, they stopped. They listened to you. What good control. That was good control. All right, there we go. It's all quiet now. Ready? Okay. 
Now, how, how'd that go? Did you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you real clearly during all that? No, not at all. Okay, that's, that's the right answer. Thank you. <laughs> now, this time we're all going to be absolutely silent. And Rich, I want you to pray right here. Uh, we'll put it on the screen. God, speak to me. I'm listening. Go ahead and pray that. And now lock eyes here with the Holy Spirit. And as you watch here, just listen real carefully. Rich, I want you to know two things. The first is that you are deeply loved by the Father. The second is that I have something for you to do. Your friend Scott is hurting and discouraged. I'd like you to go see him and give him some help, hopeful words. All right. Now, that was a little easier. Everybody hear it okay that time? See, when the voices quiet down, when the inside voices of that quiet down, when all the outside voices are quieted and we get still, we can hear the Holy Spirit speak to us much more easily. Hey, will you all, you guys grab a seat and can you thank these guys for helping us walk through this? You know, uh, one time in the Old Testament, First uh, Kings 19, God wanted to speak to one of his prophets, Elijah. He wanted to speak to Elijah, and so he had Elijah go out to a mountain, and there was all this noisy activity. There was this wind that was so strong that we're told it shattered mountains and rocks, and then there was a great fire, there was a great earthquake, but when God finally spoke, he spoke in a still, small voice, and usually, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Very rarely will the Holy Spirit shout to get our attention. He'll speak just like Lara was speaking the first time. But, but if we don't learn to quiet all these voices that come from the outside, from the media, from TV, from work, from people around us, quieting those voices and, and quiet the voices that come from inside, if we don't learn to quiet those voices, we are going to have a hard time hearing clearly. So hope, it's so important for us to recognize and remove those distractions because when it comes to hearing God speak to you, we're gonna need to learn to get quiet so we can listen. As the worship team comes, I'm gonna wrap up. People of hope, this week, let's continue to pray that prayer we've been praying. Um, And let's pray it right now on the screen together. Speak to me, God, I am listening. Let's pray it again. Speak to me, God, I am listening. See, when you get still, or even as you just kind of go about your day and pay attention, God might speak to you, maybe even whisper the name of a person who's feeling down. God might bring um, that person to your mind because God wants you to bring them some encouragement. And if you get that sense, just respond quickly to that. Like go, go remind that person who they are and why they matter to you. See, in your time of being still, in your time of just for a few minutes even, just trying to listen for God to speak after we invite God to speak, God might whisper the names of of some people that, that, that he's asking you to be bold with. Maybe be bold and invite them to to Alpha or to church or to your small group or to come have a meal with you. And if God does that, just be faithful and respond to him.
Because when we respond quickly to when God puts something on our heart, maybe a nudge that we feel or a sense that's there, and we go, okay, I'm gonna try and just do it. You'll grow in your, in your responsiveness to God's voice. Because remember, God will speak to you. God will speak to us. Remember what Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20, where he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if who? Anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I'll come in and eat with them and they with me. Anyone, he says, anyone, that includes you. Right now, as you are, because some of us think, oh, well, I'm going to have to get my stuff together and pray every day for like 100 days and read my Bible, you know, for a bunch of months straight before God will speak to me. No, 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 anyone. God's not waiting for us to get our stuff together. He's not waiting for us to become the spiritually elite that hear God's voice. Only those people that are super saints hear God's voice. No, 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 no. Anyone is the invitation. Anyone can learn to hear and choose to open that door. Because Jesus deeply longs to be with us. We open that door, we let him, we invite him in, and we invite him in just as we are right now. So will you come to Jesus that way? Will you come that way? Would you, would you remember that no matter how broken you feel, no matter how alone you feel, maybe no matter how far off the path you have wandered, you are not too far from God. He's knocking. And he's inviting you, anyone, you, you, to hear his voice, to be with him. You can sit at the table. We're all welcome at the table. And Jesus wants to be with you, to give you rest and encouragement and hope. So come to him as you are. Let's allow the words of this song as we stand to be an invitation to open the door and come to Jesus just as we are. Will you stand and sing with us?